Welcome to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, a foster and adoptive and bio mama and a therapist in private practice. I'm here to help foster mamas feel seen, heard, and supported on their journey. From quick, actionable steps to make your foster care journey easier to interviews with foster and adoptive mamas, the Fearless Fostering Podcast delivers education and encouragement weekly. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I'm excited for you to hear today's conversation. I'm chatting with fellow foster mama, Carmen Menser. We met on Instagram and just really clicked and connected. So I'm excited for you to hear her perspective. She is a very amazing woman, a woman of deep faith, and she's going to be talking a lot about how foster care has impacted her faith journey. So listen in, and I hope that it encourages you and inspires you as much as it did for me. I have older kids, you know, so like my, my use the term bios, because like, yes. I feel like saying that I have biological, I kind of like I to say, like, I have, I have, you know, kids that my body gave birth to. And then I have yes. ones that my heart gave birth to, you know, so like my, the, the ones that I but you know, the term we often use in foster care is biologicals versus foster babies. But mm-hmm. my, my big kids are 16, uh, almost 15, just turned 13 yesterday and 11. So, yeah. So I have a, I have a 10 year age gap. So like, that's one of the things that we really, you know, that was a, a, a big struggle was like, you know, how do we, how do we do this? Like, how do yes. we, how do we introduce our big kids to this? And like, originally when we were praying through this, like we thought that we would be fostering a child that was like more, you know, toddler or school age. And then, then God gave us a baby. And that was, mm-hmm. that was 10 years. That was a huge change in my heart. Like I went back to babies again yeah. and a baby at 41 was really different than a baby at 31. Yeah. And so that was a huge that. change. And then, you know, for my baby, you know, she, she was really solidified as the baby, you know? And I remember her telling me, like, when we went to talk to her about being a foster family, like she said, I'm okay with us doing this as long as we don't keep them, you know, like that was her words to to me. And, but then as we've had baby girl longer, she's, you know, I, she came to me and said, but mommy, I wish that, that she was ours. I wish that you had her. And then we're now having to go through, talking of her about like, but the goal is reunification, but the goal is that we sent her home. And then, you know, now having to prepare our kids for like what grief is going to look like. And like, we've, we've always said to them, like the goal is always reunification, but we, we also know that like, that may not be what God has planned. You know, I've said that to you, I've come to you and said, but what do we, how do I plan for this? when I don't think it's right. Like, how do I say, but I and, and thankfully you were so good. Like you, you gave me such great insight to pray the, the prayer of like, just praying God's plan, whatever that is. And like, I, I think that my, I think you walked through this with me that like, I came in, you know, I never had a savior complex. That was never my plan. I always knew that, that, that I was the one that was saved, that God had saved me. And I was not going to come in and save a baby. That was not our plan. Like I knew that, like our goal was always, we were going to love this family and we were going to love their family. We were going to step in and love their parents. And we have a really complicated case that both mom and dad and grandparents are all involved. And we are 
loving a whole bunch of people, but it has been really hard to love parents that don't want to be loved and keep showing up for them over and over again um, and, and keep being Jesus while still loving baby girl. And, you know, but then having our kids see that, but it has been so incredible to, for my kids to see what it looks like to love unconditionally. Like my kids can't help the fact that we are white and affluent. They can't, they can't help that that's where they were born. So the opportunity that they get to step into something and be a part of something that I could have never, we can volunteer at a soup kitchen. We can, you know, we can show up and serve in, in underprivileged areas. I mean, I remember very vividly, we had a tornado that came through a really impoverished part of our community. And we showed up week after week serving in that community. And my kids got to see that and they got to be a part of that, but that's not where they live. That's not, you know, that, that wasn't, they got to come home from that, but being in foster care, they get to be a part of this world that they would have never been a part of any other way. And so that's huge. And they get to see things that they would have never seen. Like we have conversations about stuff that we wouldn't have had conversations about, like probably stuff that I wouldn't want to talk to my kids about, about addiction and about different stuff that I really wouldn't probably want to talk to them about, especially at the age that they are, but it allows us to, to do that. And, and that's fine, but it's such a beautiful thing because like, I couldn't, I couldn't put them in that place because God is, God has blessed us. And I can't change that, you know, like I can't change who we are and the world we've been, that we live in, but by stepping into foster care, it allows us to be in that place. But at the same time, it is broken and it's so hard and it's so hard to say, but the goal is that she goes home. Well, but it's, it may not be safe. Well, yeah, it may not be, but that's not for me to decide. But what if her parents don't ever get their act together? Well, that's not for me to decide, but it's, it may not be right. Well, but their parents have a plan. And if they work the plan, then that's her DSS to decide. And so that's been really hard for me to kind of walk through that. But like, I remember asking you, like, how do you pray that? And I remember you telling me, like, we need to pray that God's will be done in her life, whatever that is. And if it's not reunification, then we're still praying that God's will be done. Cause I remember I would always pray like, you know, God, let, let her parents get their, her, their act together so that she can go home. Well, what if that's not God's plan? So now being able to pray, God, you've written her story and her story is good. Mm, and, yes. and I just pray, you know, God, I can believe that her story is good because it is what you've written. And so God, I just pray that as I trust in your goodness and I trust in your faithfulness and I've seen it over and over again, God, help me believe that the story that you've written for her is good mm-hmm. and help me to walk in that grace that the story is good and help me to trust that the story is good, no matter what that story is and no matter how it unfolds. And trusting in that has completely shifted my mindset of what foster care looks like because I've always been, I'm, and I am pro reunification always, and I always will be, but that's really hard sometimes because it may not look pretty, but then what happens when, if reunification is not the right thing, that's super hard too, Mm -hmm. because then that means it's radically changing her story. And then that's, that's really hard because I can never, I can be her mama but I'll never be her mom, you know? And then that's really hard. And then how wrestling with that is like, okay, but God, but your story's still good because that's the story you've written for her. And so, you know, and then 
again, coming back to having to explain to my, my four baby, you know, my, my biological baby, like, but God, God didn't put her in my belly. So this baby girl is our baby girl, but she's not ours. And her, and her mommy wants her to come home. And I have to say that even when I don't believe that, you know, hard. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, praying for grace in that and praying for understanding of what God has given me grace for. And then understanding too, that like, I only have grace for today mm-hmm. and, and knowing that I don't have grace for, for her going home because she's not going home right now, you know? And, and I think that's the hardest part too, is knowing that um, God's goodness is for today mm-hmm. and it's for right now. And every night when I put her to bed, I'm like, God, thank you so much that I get to be her mommy today. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Like, thank you that I, today I got to be her mommy and God, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but God, thank you that I got to be her mommy today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing my kids get to walk through that has been so incredible because my kids are the best big brother, and big sisters. You know, my oldest is 16 and he's our only boy. And he is such an incredible big, big brother to her. And it is so sweet to see my my 16 year old, who's like six, two, you know, love on this precious little girl and, and they have such a precious relationship, but also my, my 11 year old who gets to be a big sister, you know, and she's never been a big sister. And that is such a precious relationship too. And she loves her fiercely, you know, and that's, that's incredible. And so getting to see that has been has been really cool. But then I also get these moments of grief that I just go, God, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to not do this. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I, how do I tell them on the day that we go, okay, it's time for her to go home. Like, how do I do that? But then God goes, well, you don't have to today. Yes. And I, go, exactly. okay. <laughs> I have had that same thought in my mind sometimes where, cause you know, we're fostering a baby girl who is our a full bio sister to our right. adopted son. And sometimes throughout this journey, I have thought, oh my gosh, like, am I going to have to look in his eyes and say, you're not going to be with sissy anymore. Or like, sissy's going to live with mommy so-and-so I'm like I mean I don't even he's three I'm like how am I gonna handle that how's he gonna handle that and then I bring it back right like you said to no not today this is today here we are right here in today and it's so important that we continue to come back because as you said we get one day at a time grace for one day at a time yeah and that's all we need it for (laughs) yeah Hey, Foster Mama, I just wanted to make sure you heard about Fearless Fostering, my deeply connected group coaching program for Foster Mamas. Fearless Fostering is reopening for enrollment in January. The program includes a luxury retreat, a curated community of foster mom friends, and ongoing coaching with me. Applications are open now for everyone on the wait list, and there are only 10 spots available for this round of the program. You can join the wait list today at fearlessfostering.com. And I mean, growing up, my mom always used to say, you know, you have dying grace on dying days and mm-hmm. you don't have dying grace on non-dying days. And like, I've just had to apply that you have reunification day, grace on reunification days. And like, I don't have that. And like, I think for us, you know, we have lots of visits, lots of different, we have lots of virtual visits and lots of, you know, we only have one in-person visit, but I have visit grace on visit days. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen, a we've seen a lot of trauma behavior has come out in lots of different ways on those days. And I'm so grateful for 
the grace that we have on those days. And God has been so gracious, so good because I've needed the, the visit grace on the visit days, you know, and it's to see that evident. I mean, I have, I have seen the goodness of God in a completely different way through foster care. I never, you know, I I don't think that if anybody had asked me pre-foster care, like what I would learn through foster care, like I would have never been able to say what I would have seen about the goodness of God. I, you just don't know. You don't know until you know, but seeing God meet me exactly where I need it, exactly when I need it. Because on the days that I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. I mean, I'm learning to step away and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a minute because I'm not really good at that. And thankfully I have a really good friend that's teaching me about (laughs) self-care and I'm learning how to be better about that. But also just seeing that God is meeting me right where I need to be and, and reminding me that his grace is enough. Yeah. And, and it's, it's evident like that I have enough grace to love all of my kids. Mm-hmm. I have enough grace to love my husband because second Peter one, three tells me that I have everything I need for life and godliness and everything means everything. Yeah. Like all things means all things, like all things. I have all things that pertain to life and godliness. Mm-hmm. And so many times I act as though I don't have all things. And God's like, Hey, time out. I, I gave you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times we, we live in a world that we don't believe that we have all things and, and we, we act in a way that we don't have all things and we get so overwhelmed and, and God's like, but I have given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Mm -hmm. And, and you need to walk in that all things, you know? And I'm like, okay, God, like, let me take a step back and let me breathe for a minute and let me live as though I have all things that pertain to life godliness. Because mm-hmm. when I live in the power of the Holy Spirit, I really do, you know? And when I, when I try to live in my flesh, then I don't. Yeah. And I can't love my kids and I can't love my baby girl's family and I can't love our social workers and I can't love the people around me. But when I live in that grace, I can't. Yeah. You know, and what a difference that makes for everyone, for you, for every person that you yeah. encounter, like it's a huge difference. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a good reminder. We thankfully have, like, we have such a great relationship with our girls, social worker. I mean, that's one of the things that has been such a blessing. And that's one of the really neat things that God has been allowing me to, to walk in in this season is like building really great relationships with our workers. Um, I have a really sweet friend that, that really encouraged me when we first got into foster care. She was like, just get to know your workers, like build relationships. And, and what we struggled, like we weren't sure whether we were going to go with our county DSS or go with a private agency when we first got into foster care. And, and I just remember having a conversation with my husband and he was like, babe, like, if we're going to, if we're going to do this, we're going to do the hard, like we're going to go with county DSS. He was like, you know, we can go with a private agency because maybe we would have somebody that would walk alongside us a little bit better. He's like, but who's going to step in to love on these people that don't know Jesus. And like, we can be the light to these people that don't know Jesus. And so we were like, okay, we're going to go with County DSS and we're going to, we're going to do the hard. And we had such a great relationship. Like our worker, our girls workers, she's top notch. She's amazing. But we've been really blessed with that. We've, we've come across some other people that haven't been as great, but yeah. we've just said that like, we're going to love them well. And like, we're going to, we're going to show up for them and we're going to 
find out what their favorite you know foods are, their favorite candies are, their favorite meals are, and we're going to show up for them. And like, so I routinely like take snacks to the place where our daughter has visits and like, you know, on a regular basis, try to like show up for those workers and like take them goodies and our, and we're challenging our church to get involved and do things like that. So like at Christmas time, we took every office, our, our local division has three, like two main offices. And then the place where our girl has visits. And like, we took, we're talking like those huge totes. So like you pack your winter clothes in, we took like two full totes. It looked like you'd like emptied the vending machines and like a whole <laughs> vending machine, like full size candy bars and snacks, like full to all the foster care social workers, because we're like, Hey, we want to show it for you guys. And we just want you to know that we love you. And we so appreciate what you're doing. And it, I mean, like Kathleen, it was like, they, they didn't understand. They were like, overwhelmed they're like why why are you doing this like why would you show up like why would you do this for us and it was so much fun to just like bless them in that and be like because we believe in you and we appreciate you and like we love you and like Jesus loves you and they they didn't understand and it was so cool to be able to say like yeah and they're like but aren't you a foster mom and I'm like yeah I am but like we love you and our church loves you and we support you. And we want you to know that we appreciate what you're doing. And so like the, the emails that we got back, just like thanking us for showing up for them was just, it was so cool. And like my, our, our caseworker was like, you made me look good because I was like, oh yeah, that's my foster mom. <laughs> and, but it was just really neat to be able to say like that we're loving on them. And so that's one of the things I've been really passionate about. It's like that I want to show up for these workers, you know, yeah. and every opportunity I have to like schedule our, our worker visits, like at lunchtime or at dinner, like I have our worker come over and like I feed her lunch and I come over and have her uh-huh. feed her dinner. And like, we just hang out because like, I want her to know that like, that we love her. And like, she doesn't mm-hmm. leave our house without like her favorite candy in tow or, you know, like I buy her coffee every chance that I get, because I want her to know that we appreciate what she does yeah. because I, I just can't imagine how hard it is to see what she sees and to do what she does. And I think that if those of us that say that we know Jesus, if we started loving on the people that are serving us and serving our kids, I think it would make such a huge impact and it would it would really start putting our faith where we say it is, because I think that a lot of the people that are believers, they're like, Oh, but we're fostering and that should show it. Well, no, like, because we need to be, it's not enough to have these kids come in and live and us love on them. Like we need to be loving on the people that are serving our kids and are Mm -hmm. loving on our kids because a lot of them, they don't know the Lord and Mm -hmm. like how much of an impact will it make for them to be like, we love you too not just these kids, because obviously these kids come and live in our home and they change our worlds, but these workers need to see that we appreciate what they're doing. It is, it has been such a neat change in that relationship. And I mean, she's really become part of our family, you know, and like we, you know, we both love football. And so like, we will text each other about football all the time and that's Uh become like a really big part of our relationship. And so that's been really cool because I've seen that our, it's grown into a friendship. It's not just that, you know, that social worker family relationship, it's really become a friendship. And that's become really neat because I've seen how God has grown that. Um, And I think that that allows for her to see, you know, not just that we care about our girl, but we care about her. And I think that that's a really big part of, of those of us that are serving these kids that, that we need to serve the community as well. And so um, that's one of the things I think that God is really um, allowing me to step into this world in a different way. And I'm really passionate about that. Um, so that's kind of the two things that I think are really cool about foster care that God's allowing us to love on, on our girl and her family, but also on the workers. And, and I think that no matter what happens, you know, down the road that I'm going to continue to advocate for 
the workers and continue to advocate for these kids because, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know what it looks like five years from now or 10 years from now, but I'm going to be advocating for these workers and I'm going to be continue to advocate for, you know, these kids. Uh, my, my, my daughter asked me yesterday, she was like, so when Eli goes off to college, are you going to get two kids? Because like, and she was like, so are you going to get two kids? Like take a sibling set. And I was like, like so you're all take it easy like, now. Take it easy. I was, like, I was like, uh, I don't think I could do that. I was like, yeah. uh, I don't, I, I was like, I can't think that far ahead. Nice brainstorming. Good so, question. Oh my gosh. Well, I know. Thank you so, yeah, so much. That is like the absolute best. It was such a booty kick for me because we've had an amazing experience with the social worker. We've had a not so amazing experience. And I feel like it, you know, instead of being like, what can they do for me? Like, I, it's a great question to ask myself, what can I be doing for them even more? So I love that reminder. Where can people um, find you online to follow your journey or do not? I'm on Instagram. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm Carmen Mincer on it's actually I'm Carmen G Mincer on Instagram and it's M-E-N-S-E-R. And then on Facebook, I'm Carmen Gilbert Mincer, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only one, um, okay. I'm the only Carmen Mincer. So it's pretty easy to find me. Both of those accounts are private, but I will um, be willing to, you know, accept uh, people. I'm pretty sure that if anybody were to ask me to be, you know, friends, that I'm, I'm pretty good about that. Yeah. But I do I keep my account private just because I do share about um, our journey and I do share about my kids. And so obviously I don't share about our girl online, yeah. um, no pictures or anything about that, but um, I do want to keep my, you know, our, our account a private just because I share about my own, you know, our journey and about our kids. And so I'm pretty private about that. So Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for chatting. You have been just such an encouragement. I know to me and I know to everyone who listens. So thank you. I'm so good to talk to you. Thanks for allowing me to be a part of this. I'm not sure that I shared anything like valuable, but yes, um, you did. Oh my goodness. You encouraged me so much. Thank you. Well, thanks. Thanks for all of your encouragement to me. I know that my foster care journey has been so encouraged by you and by what you do. And um, you've been such an encouragement to me and um, helped encourage me to learn how to take care of myself and um, just me personally. So thank you, friend. Thank you. Love you, friend. Bye. Love you. Have a great day.